in Ukraine uh, dimming prospects for additional aid to support its war with Russia. Well, they're raising concern that the West's increasing disinterest could embolden Moscow. Billions of dollars in new funding for Ukraine was yesterday blocked by the United States Senate. Now, US President Joe Biden begged Congress to pass the funding measure, saying that doing otherwise would be what he called a gift to Russian President Vladimir Putin. If Putin takes Ukraine, he won't stop there. It's important to see the long run here. He's going to keep going. History's going to judge harshly those who turn their back on freedom's cause. We can't let Putin win. The entire 49-strong Republican minority in the Senate voted against the proposal, which also included funding for Israel amid anger over the exclusion of immigration reforms. Senator Lindsey Graham says that while Ukraine is important, the U.S. is facing more local issues. We're more exposed here at home in the short term than Putin winning in Ukraine. Uh, Ukraine's very important. So is Israel. So is Taiwan. But nothing's more important to me right now than securing our homeland that's the most exposed to a terrorist attack and other bad things uh, in modern history. Earlier, I spoke to the BBC's correspondent in Kiev, James Waterhouse, about the impact the decrease in international aid for the ongoing war was having in Ukraine. It's a massive blow. They are hugely reliant, is the short answer to that, really. What Ukraine is saying publicly at the moment is that they are still optimistic that a funding package can be agreed in the US Congress. It seems that President Biden may have to move on what the his opposition Republican senators are calling for, which is more investment on on, on migration, uh, as well as um, you know what he's also looking to sign off our packages for Israel, as well as humanitarian aid for Gaza. And I think this highlights the problem for Ukraine. The U.S.'s detention, uh, the U.S.'s attentions are becoming increasingly divided, and the help it can provide is potentially becoming diluted over time. The White House has warned that it has distributed most of the $100 billion or so of aid to Ukraine so far, and that it will run, run out of money before the year is done. Now, US politicians will go on their Christmas breaks on the 15th of this month, and that is seen as a deadline, because on the battlefield in Ukraine, yes, it is a stalemate, but it's not a, a dormant stalemate. It is not a stable stalemate. It requires endless long-range artillery, missiles, ammunition, body armor, drones. And this is why Ukraine is both pleading the US to break this deadlock, but also looking at ways to try and manufacture weapons, for example, inside Ukraine. But let's be absolutely clear, it relies on the US to provide its continued support for other Western allies to follow suit. And you you mentioned there uh, Ukraine is hoping that, well, the US will essentially change its mind. What else has uh, President Zelensky said? Well, he's, he's, he's having a bit of a rift here in Ukraine domestically in between him and his head of the armed forces, General Valery Zeluzhny. And it's an argument over whether this war is in a stalemate. And the feeling uh, in Ukraine's military is that several innovations need to happen at once for the stalemate to be broken, whether it's longer range missiles or drones that we've previously discussed. What President Zelensky is saying, and he, after all, is the political side of Ukraine's military operation. He is saying no. He was very quick to rebuke General Zeluzhny for his comments. He's basically said it is not a stalemate. We are positioning ourselves 
for something more. But here we are six months on from the start of Ukraine's counteroffensive. And if we are looking at, if we're going to judge Ukraine on the territory it has liberated, then that counteroffensive has not been successful. They have made a handful of kilometers on several parts of a 700 mile front line. Uh, it is far from uh, a success. And Ukraine is trying to convince its own population as well as Western allies, that more will follow when weather conditions improve. But Russia is making its own pushes as well. It feels especially bleak for Kiev at this moment in time. Yeah, what has the, uh, well, has there been a response uh, from the Kremlin about this um, well, pause or issue with US support? Not directly. I think what we are seeing, though, when you look at you know the war in the Middle East, which has escalated to a level not seen in decades, that suits Vladimir Putin. The fear always in the West... Was that, uh, was that Vladimir Putin would outweigh uh, Western democracies with electoral cycles or just for them to lose political interest in, in Ukraine's continued defence of his invasion. And that seems to be playing out. He is becoming more confident. There is an arrest warrant issued for him uh, under the International Criminal Court. He is visiting the Middle East. He's visiting the United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia, where he's going to discuss the war in the Middle East as well as as, as oil production. And so it's legitimizing his foreign policy once more. He feels emboldened. And I think if you're Vladimir Putin, you're thinking, yeah, that Western fatigue I just need to hold out for isn't so far away. And this is what Ukraine is arguing too. They can't negotiate, they say, with Vladimir Putin, because if, say, you have a ceasefire or a peace deal, what Russia will simply do, because it can, is stay on a war footing mobilize once more, manufacture all all of that lost uh, war machinery and have another go in five, maybe 10 years time. Those are very real fears. And I don't think you can rule that out. That was the BBC's correspondent in Kiev, James Waterhouse.